everybody, and welcome to Igniting the Spark, Talk Film Society's Star Wars podcast. I am your host and Star Wars fan extraordinaire, Callie Smith, and today we are going to be talking about the second episode of The Mandalorian, which is called The Child. Here to talk with me about that is my guest, uh, Chad Oliver, from... I'll just let you do the podcasts. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of them. So uh, you were just on. We need to talk about Spider-Man. Uh, yes, we talked about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. This is a good app. Uh, and I also do another show called Best Pictures and another show called Lord of the Rings Sentence, where I go through uh, the book trilogy one sentence at a time on a weekly schedule. Um should be wrapping that one up pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, yeah, I was just about yeah. to say. <laughs> it I don't won't, foresee... There won't be a million episodes of that or anything. <laughs> no, no, I don't foresee any any issues with that taking over my life or anything. <laughs> Have you actually looked up how many sentences are in Lord of the Rings? So there is not a lot of data uh, oh, really? <laughs> tracking. <laughs> no, there's like word counts. So I've tried yeah, to do count, yeah. some... Uh, like math like if you average 12 words a sentence which i don't even know if that's a good average or not um but i sat down and did the math a while ago but if i did if it is roughly 12 words per sentence and i do one sentence per week i think i would be done with the fellowship of the ring in about 300 years uh, so I'll need to like pick up the pace at some point, uh, maybe with Patreon subscribers or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out, but <laughs> I won't take, it won't take me that long. I don't know if I've ever heard of somebody accidentally kind of taking on a podcast that like <laughs> will take them their whole life if they commit <laughs> to the bit. Like, <laughs> Oh, there's but no bit. It's a, it's a, it. it's a, it's a real, oh, it's real meticulous breakdown into the text. Yeah. I think it's the way yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien would have wanted it to be read oh um, absolutely was, yeah yeah i'm sure he'd be absolutely delighted <laughs> he'd be thrilled he'd love the podcast <laughs> oh, oh man. man but anyway back to our other favorite like fantasy sci-fi yeah. long-running saga let's talk about star wars um so what i've been asking folks is uh what what project are you excited about from the new like disney announcements and lineups recently they dropped so many future projects. Um, what was it like the investors lunch last year? Um, mm-hmm. And I gotta say that like Star Wars like animation project. Don't remember the name of it. Something like Star Wars Legends, but it's not that. Um, mm-hmm. It just sounds like a cool concept, like a, a new director, a new like uh, creative team every episode, new visual style uh, to tell Star Wars stories. Uh, it just sounds really, really cool. Um, I have enjoyed the Bad Batch, but I really don't love the like animation style that Star Wars has chosen so far. And yeah, anything to like change that up sounds uh, sounds like a nice change of pace to me. Yeah, and that's totally understandable and relatable <laughs> that the animation the animation in clone wars is not hmm, at least in early clone wars it's not really why people watch you know right like, it got better for sure yeah uh those first few seasons i couldn't get through them and i've just had to like sort of like pick and choose what i've like the little runs to watch after that um but uh 
Yeah, it looks like uh, previs stuff. Like it looks like it's just like an unfinished <laughs> show, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little rough, and I remember being a little cynical whenever I started it. I'm mm-hmm. only a couple seasons in as well because mm-hmm. I am trying to make it through this the slog uh, of those first couple seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm Good watching luck. it in like chronological order, so there's like some of the stuff is kind of oh, shuffled cool. around in the first couple seasons. So yeah, that bugged me so much because like I'd be invested, like there'd be a few stretches where I'm like, okay, I'm into this, and then you just cut to like a full three or four episodes on C3PO and R2D2 and Jar Jar Binks, just like out of order, goofing around. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> what? Why? I want to know why about Ahsoka happening? and Jedi. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to know about the droids. <laughs> I mean, we all love R two D two and C three PO, but boy, boy, yeah. sometimes they show up, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't need y'all here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's you know, I, I compare it to uh, the minions. I think the minions yeah. are wonderful, like little additions to the Despicable Me universe, but they can't carry their own movie. The minions movie was a disaster. Um, yeah, Minions Rise of Gru. <laughs> Might be good. We will see. <laughs> we can, one can only hope. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, there are so many great things uh, announced, and I'm excited about all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time but, to be a Star Wars fan or a Marvel fan. There's just so much coming out. It's exciting. Yeah. Disney Plus has really like opened up the gateways for a lot of new like types yeah. of Star Wars stories. It's really exciting and cool. And I also like, I've always been somebody who's struggled more than others with like Star Wars stories that don't focus on people who who have the force, like non-Jedi mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So for me, it's very exciting to watch things like The Mandalorian and finally like get why people really love non-force, totally. <laughs> you know, like Star Wars stuff. Um, Until so, yeah. it becomes Which, a show about a lot of force users and... <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> <But> it's <fine. laughs> there were, I remember being like, you know, and spoilers for if there is anybody out there for some reason who hasn't watched everything yet and is somehow listening for the first time with us. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for later. But yes, I remember reading online, getting spoiled for what happened at the end of season two and thinking, <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want that. But then actually watching and- it and still being like, ow. Oh, it's still fun. You it's know? still so fun. It's, it's weird. It, it is. But man, going back and rewatching this episode just reminded me of like the show that it was at the beginning. And it, I say the show that it used to be like it was a long time ago. Like this was a year ago uh, yeah. <laughs> that it, that this episode <laughs> came out. But it totally was just like its own pocket of the Star Wars universe. And then in season two, especially, it's kind of started happening in season one, but especially in season two, the world just starts to feel smaller and smaller with each episode yeah. connecting to like the main timeline. Um, Everything starts bleeding together again. <laughs> totally. Yes. But it's all good. I like all yeah. of the show. And I remember that, you know, ending season one, the reveal at the end of season one, mm-hmm. I too kind of went... Okay, so we're going to start like bringing more things in and sure enough, you know, yeah. that's what happened in season 2. Totally. Um but let's talk about this episode though, which like you said is very early days. Mm-hmm. Kind of a different vibe than later Mandalorian. Um yeah. I don't know. We still have echoes of this vibe, but this is very 
space western. I was struck with like the first 10 minutes of this episode. I don't think there's a line of dialogue the entire time. Like it's yeah. just uh Mando and and Baby Yoda going through the desert and getting jumped by like some I don't know cr- criminal creatures and then no one speaks until he goes back to his old friend uh the i have spoken guy um yeah what's his name i don't even remember his name i can't really say it i wrote it down cruel or something like that Cru- it's cruella deville i think cruella deville yeah. it, it's spelled devil but it's pronounced deville uh, <laughs> the cruella jokes topical cruella jokes for everybody out there uh what a movie <laughs> i still haven't seen anyway. it i'm looking forward to it Oh boy, it's a lot. <laughs> um, but it's, and that's all I can say. I read a tweet, a uh, brief side thing. I read a tweet today that somebody said, I love Cruella. It was so bad. And I was like, <laughs> yep, that's kind of the vibe. Nice. Anyway, so yeah, this episode, I, you know, and if there is a line in those first 10 minutes, it's mostly good old like Mando either talking to himself or to Baby Yoda. So it's not mm-hmm. like anybody responds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the, so there is no I, dialogue. There might be like a little a spoken word, but yeah, no like, two people are talking to each other. Yeah. Get back in the crib kind of thing or whatever. <laughs> Come on. <But> yeah. <laughs> I, I love that opening, though. I love that we get mm-hmm. like our first inklings of like Grogu wanting to heal. Yes. Know, you know, like. So many of um, those like memes of Baby Yoda that got so popular are from <laughs> this episode. Like yeah. him eating the frog, uh, him reaching up trying to heal. I mean, that's just like the <clears throat> the image I see with like, I don't know, that feeling when I want one more chicken nuggy or something. And you see <laughs> yeah, him like exactly, reaching up. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think this episode like truly changed pop culture in a pretty big way. Just like yeah. by how absurdly cute. Uh, baby Yoda was. I know, like, <laughs> he's I, so adorable. <laughs> I've always loved Star Wars. Uh, my wife did not always love Star Wars. I showed her the movies for the first time, and uh, she likes it now. But it's the kind of thing where she's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go see all the movies." But when the show came out, Mandalorian, it was a little bit harder of a sell. She was like, "Ah, okay, I'll, I'll watch it." You know, and I think she was like mm-hmm. kind of excited. But the second. Grogu started being this obscenely cute. I it, there was no more convincing that had to happen. Like, and it was yeah. I did not expect to he- hear like the squealing next to me of like, oh my god, he's so cute! Look at him! And like, that's coming from both of us. It's not just her. Like, I was yeah. fully squealing with her. Like, he is absurdly cute. He's the best. I really love that. This is kind of an episode where we start establishing what with that frog scene and a couple other mm-hmm. things that he is like he's got episode five yoda in him where he's a bit of a little <laughs> shit you know? yeah, he's a stinker for sure <laughs> he's a stinker <laughs> and but i mean like it's the fact that he is obscenely adorable and still has that little stinkerness about him that like makes him just so endearing throughout this episode you know and the fact that he's technically 50 adds to it to me the fact that he's like technically (laughs) like my dad's age (laughs) but yeah has been a a toddler for 50 years Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um i love him like he's and he's so you know it's such a great move on their part that they did commit to him being a puppet you know and like an animatronic there was an interview with Werner herzog 
uh, back when yes. like the show first came <laughs> out, where John Favreau was like, you know, he wasn't sure if the puppet was going to work, so he wanted to get just like a clean plate, just in case they wanted to like cgi baby yoda in and Werner was like you coward no we're doing the puppet don't even get the coverage like we like this is cinema this is magic i remember also hearing stories that Werner herzog was like on on set just like talking to the puppet like in his spare time like he would just talk to it and just i like, imagine it would be it hard going? not to you know <laughs> it's like the people who talk about like interacting with sesame street puppets and everything and it's like you right. know that there's a dude right underneath <laughs> you with but like then elmo starts talking and you're just like hey elmo yeah <laughs> um, i remember there was a uh, i saw this <laughs> this was forever ago i was on this like uh disney cruise uh this was my high school senior trip and on the cruise ship there was a ventriloquist comedian so it was like top-notch <laughs> comedy definitely but i remember one thing he said like it stuck with me that he was like doing a show once and like for whatever reason no one could hear the puppet uh when the puppet was talking and they were like what's going on and the boom operator was like moving back and forth between <laughs> the puppet and the guy when the puppet was speaking just like wasn't thinking about it um yeah the illusion is real like it really feels like he's a living breathing thing yeah grogu feels so Mm -hmm. real and palpable and tangible that's the word i'm looking for tangible like when he gets tired and he just like falls down after he's used the force it's so (sighs) cute it's so good Mm -hmm. um it's all and it's really good character work right and character establishment which is like i guess kind of i was about to say harder but it's different than you know um being an actor and doing your character work and establishing things like physically or whatever there's like a whole team all Mm -hmm. behind this one little guy and getting his character right yeah, getting his movements down. Like, what does it look like for him to, like, use the force and to really struggle? And, yeah, yeah all the choices, man. It, they made all the right ones. Have you, have you seen some of the, uh, like, early concept art of, like, potential Grogu's? I think so. At some point, I saw that. Ugly. Yeah. Ugly, ugly, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> they went with the right design. They just found, they just really threaded that needle just mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, it is true that, like, there are even moments in season two where I kind of look at him and go, something isn't quite vibing in this one shot. And I don't know what it is, you know. Mm. But he's, there is just such a fine line between him being cute and him being a little terrifying. And they get it. Yeah. They get it just right. Yeah. I mean, he, because he is so powerful. And you get that in this episode that, like, if he exerts himself enough and, like, we kind of learned two things in that final scene. It's that like, he's, he feels like he needs to protect Mando because Mando like saved him and he's way too powerful. Like he lifted that rhinoceros (laughs) thing, uh, with his mind. Um, which I also love that they used a rhinoceros creature that (laughs) looks like the attack of the clones creature. I don't know if it's yeah. the same alien or not. It does now that you say it, yeah. I love, to getting into that section of this episode. Mm-hmm. I love the Mudhorn. Such a cool creature. Mm-hmm. And, like, that whole sequence is so gross and, like, muddy and yeah. nasty, you know? I feel like, like we haven't seen mud in the Star Wars universe, really. Yes. Maybe I'm just forgetting a mud sequence, but, I, yeah, it's so, it's so dirty. 
It's so gross. Like, I love mm-hmm. seeing Mando's, like, pretty armor get just, like, completely grossed up, like, yeah. that whole time. You have to, like, worry about, like, his gun jamming <laughs> and, like, stuff like that that, yeah. like, yeah, happens yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, just like it happens to us with stuff. <laughs> right. I love that about, like, all of the modern, like, I guess the post-Disney buyout Star Wars is I feel like with each property, it's, like, kind of, like, showing something familiar in a new light like i mean the holdo jump into hyperspace in episode eight is just something that like we've always like thought about is like okay what happens if something's in your way as you're making that jump into hyperspace and now we know what happens um (laughs) stuff like that and then like this gun was introduced in the holiday special the one that he like carries around with him and Mm -hmm. to see it like work and to like disintegrate jawas is like so cool to see in like the live action um and then, yeah, to just to see it, like, get stuck in mud is, it's such a small thing, but it is just cool to, like, see <laughs> that happen in the Star Wars universe. That, like, these futuristic uh, weaponry have, like, all the same flaws you'd expect from uh, real world stuff. Yeah, and I really do love the, like, sniper rifle. It's something that, like, I don't think we really see him use all that often throughout the series, but I love seeing seeing it and seeing that like yeah just like a real sniper rifle has much more firepower this one will straight up disintegrate yeah. Java. <laughs> like, like you're there they, one they second gone. and now you're not yeah <laughs> yeah and it's uh it's great i really love i mean obviously we love just jawas in general but the whole sequence where he's trying to like chase them down after finding them on the on the razor crest and everything is such good just like Star Wars adventure action, mm-hmm. you know, shenanigans. I love it. Like, it's yeah, this this show is like great. it. It does have like some awesome character moments, but it's mostly about the spectacle of just like seeing Star Wars action sequences on a weekly basis. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that that Jawa chase is a, is a really good one. I also had the realization <laughs> this is the second time I'm going to bring up minions on. Uh, the show but jawas are basically hooded minions they sound exactly the same like i wouldn't be surprised if they are the same voice actor (laughs) and i just imagined a bunch of jawas going around going banana (laughs) they basically do but they're talking about like the 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 magical egg egg word is (laughs) and i do love that they're like we want this egg and then their whole thing is yeah we just want to like get it and just get like nasty on that (laughs) egg like like, just stick our hands straight in it Like, I assumed, I had forgotten, too, on this rewatch that that was how it ended. And I, like, both times assumed, like, oh, it's like a special magical egg. Maybe they'll, they'll like, hatch a dragon out of it and they'll train the dragon. I don't know. But no, they just yeah. wanted to eat some yolk and get <laughs> no. sticky fingers. They just wanted to be gross as hell and just get in on that egg um, as, a, as a group. <laughs> The moment one of them just shoves their hand in it, I'm like, oh, yeah. God. They start, like, tearing Jawa's it apart like a horde of zombies just, like, pulling out <laughs> the guts of this egg. It's yeah, truly it's disgusting. It's so funny. It's really gross. and it's, But it's, I mean, it's perfect because that's what Jawas just, like, are. Yeah. Um, I made a note that, like, I don't know, it kind of seems like the universal Star Wars struggle is just fucking jawas like they're on all kinds of planets and they're just stealing everybody's stuff and you just you know 
Um, but yeah, I love, I love them. I love that for some reason these Jawas have red eyes instead of the traditional yellow eyes. Like, you know, yeah. it's, they're just like a little bit different from other Jawas cause they're on a different planet, you know? Um, it's just good kind of like world building where it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're around. They're like slightly different place to place, but they're around pretty much anywhere. <laughs> it's a relatively barren planet and they can get away with stealing people's stuff. So I looked it up and the guy who voiced the minions and all of the minion stuff has never voiced a Jawas and anything. So that was a little disappointing to find out. Yeah, that's, that's tragic seems seems yeah. like an obvious choice <laughs> like somehow right? whichever whichever um, i mean they're both anyway. just like little short stinkers and i love them so much yeah, yeah, yeah. the jawas and the minions we, love, we stand we stand a legend in this house the jawas has there ever in like extended star wars universe been like a jawa who's risen up to be like a jedi or something I don't know about that, but there is a really good <laughs> short story that I recommend in... I'm looking over at my bookshelf to see what the book is called. Um, a Star Wars from a Certain Point of View is this little collection they made. Oh, of, uh, I think I remember that coming out. It's like a, a bunch yes. of different like short stories by different writers sort yes, of collected from together. Different, like during the time of the movie of A New Hope, but from different, obviously, points of view. And mm-hmm. there is a story by uh, good old Griffin McElroy. That um, was where I had heard of it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wrote about the Java that uh, was supposed to wipe R2-D2's memory. Oh. And he wrote a story about this <laughs> Java and how this was like this one Java who dreamed of adventure and whatnot. And then like sees this on the, um, sees the recording on the thing and goes, you know, I'm not going to wipe this one. Aww. I'm going to let this one go on its adventure. It's very sweet. I super, so sweet. super recommend it. Um, I mean, he kind of saved the whole uh, galaxy when he decided yeah. not to wipe the Princess Leia message. Yeah. And it was one of those things that I didn't even think about whenever I was like looking at it. I was like, oh, yeah, that would be something they would normally do to all the droids is like mm-hmm. wipe their memory and stuff. And like, nope, nope, not yeah. this, not this good little Jawa. But yeah, I, Jawas are so much fun, and they're, I really love, as a costuming person, I look at Jawas and always just think about how cool it is to see somebody in a Jawa costume in person, because like, I don't know, man, they're yeah. talking about the little glowing eyes underneath, like, the, yeah. like, black cover. It's great. I went to a convention once where somebody was dressed up like a Jawa and took donations to play chess against a Jawa. And he won like every single game. He would cream you every time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like when I do have kids, that'll be the go-to when they're like just short enough to be a Jawa. That'll yeah. be what we do. <laughs> that would be a great, yeah, kid <laughs> Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Before they're making their own decisions about what to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before they before they get to decide on their own costumes. Mm-hmm. Gonna I force hate you, them Dad. I that. hate Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we all got to do a Star Wars costume whenever we were young. Mm-hmm. I did a crappy, you know, Princess Leia at some point. So, you know. And you're we, we now do. doing not crappy Star Wars costumes all now the time. Now doing not crappy Star yeah. Wars costumes. Yes. In fact, we had to postpone this recording because last night I was printing a Mandalorian piece. What a coincidence. I saw that on Twitter. The the little, uh, I guess it was like a knee, knee brace or thigh piece. Yeah, yeah. I'm real jealous i would i would love to have a full mandalorian armor for this halloween yes i need to uh finish up my set 
most of it is like partially worked on, but I printed that one out because uh, the lovely guy who sold me his armor um, printed out the like season one version because in this, I think very episode that thigh piece gets all busted up and has like a crack in it and all this. Right, yeah. So in season two, once he's uh best car rich, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he replaces it with like kind of a new one. That's got kind of those little like braces on it. And yeah, this is the shit I noticed. Cause I am a costume nerd. That's another thing <laughs> that like, I love about this first season of the show and it's kind of the whole show in general. It, it, feels like each episode is like the level of a video game and that includes Mm -hmm. like you know leveling up your armor and weapons (laughs) like oh you've (laughs) unlocked uh like better functioning armor or oh now you've got the dark saber um (laughs) stuff like that it just feels like he's just constantly leveling up yeah and he's like wearing out armor too, which is a very like I don't know, like Minecraft thing <laughs> maybe <laughs> for the video game comparison. Right, right. His his poor armor in this episode just gets absolutely just demolished. As does his ship. His poor ship yeah. goes through a lot. It's barely hanging <sighs> on. I think like it he really lands at the beginning of next episode and it's basically falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are like multiple times throughout the show where he lands the poor Razor Crest and it's just <laughs> barely breathe, like clinging to life, you know. Um, it's great. I but at, then I mean, you know, we get the whole cool sequence at the end of this where they have to fix the ship back up. Mm-hmm. And like I wrote down that you know it's a really nice and kind of touching moment that um, Cruel, however you say his name is, like, he's so willing to help Mando, like, at Din at at any moment, like, which is very, like, it's a really cool moment in this, like, version of Star Wars that's so dog-eat-dog and Mm -hmm. cutthroat, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, there's just, especially with Mando, I mean, we meet him and he's like, I'll bring you in cold or warm, basically. That's his first first impression with him, yeah. Yeah, I I do love, like, it feels like everyone in this show has, like, a, a code they live by, and this guy's code is just, like, kindness you know like if you're a guest yeah. i will serve you and like i'm at your service as long as you're here and and i'm not going to take any argument hence the i have spoken right thing, you right. know just immediately like nope yeah we're done like this a is kind what's old happening man. and you can't say anything about it love him. yeah he's the best i love him like and i love that he's like nick nolte like everything <laughs> about also how he's designed is like really great yeah very rough around the edges and like yeah he's got like the the face of that twilight zone episode where the, yeah. all, all the pig doctors <laughs> he's totally got yep. that face you're right that is exactly i knew he's always reminded me of something and you just like hit, <laughs> I the, it for you. You hit the nail on the head <laughs> yeah you unlocked it but yeah and speaking of like these people having like a code they live by one of the things i noted down was like obviously you know din is kind of like soft toward grogu from the very Mm -hmm. beginning i mean because of the whole foundling thing and everything Mm -hmm. but at the end of this episode i I realized and wrote down that like he now owes grogu his life you know so it's like very hard because again in the cutthroatness of this world i'm sure none of his other bounties have ever tried to help him on the way to delivering them you know (laughs) right so he's now, like, confronting the idea of, like, well, yeah. besides the fact that I just love this little kid, he saved me, and now I'm supposed to turn him into a bunch of shady Empire people that I don't know what the hell they're going to do with him. Yeah. Cause was this one, uh, yeah, because IG, is it 87? It's IG something. 88. 
Yeah, we, we had this exact moment, me and Mark, on the last episode, <laughs> and we says, landed like, on the wrong one. He says that, like, take him in dead or alive, right? Like, he was about to shoot yeah. the baby, so, like, he knows, like, the Empire or ex-Empire folks don't really care what happens to him. And that's all he knows. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think we also, again, this is something me and Mark talked about, um, but, like... We know kind of through some hints what might be going on, which is that the scientist in the first episode, the not referring to Herzog, but the other guy, his, uh, and I don't know if you had heard this, but the logo that's on his sleeve of his uniform is a Camino logo. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they talk in the second season, they're like, eh, we've got what we need from him. And, like, mm-hmm. it's clear that that means they've taken blood or something. Yeah, they, they so, say something about his M count being really high, which I assume yeah. is midichlorian count. Yeah. Uh, I love that way of, like, involving midichlorians without oh, yeah. actually saying the word midichlorian. Because well, <laughs> it pisses off so many people. <laughs> this show through its entirety is, like, constantly, like, reclaiming things people make fun of about Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, episode one has a shout-out to Life Day. Um, yeah. <laughs> the holiday special. Um, this episode, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's an intentional thing or not, but, like, that monster that uh, Grogu helps Mando to kill um, for the egg... The mud horn. ...looks exactly like that one in uh, Attack of the Clones. Which, mm-hmm. you know, it's just sort of like reclaiming prequel stuff and uh, there's, yeah. there's talk of Gungans throughout. And I don't know. It just feels like it's like making sense of the entire universe and not ignoring anything, which is kind of Dave Filoni's whole thing. Like, he's a prequel defender. I was about to um, say, yeah, it's yeah. Filoni's touch on the show mm-hmm. for sure is that he's like, no, 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 we take all of it. We don't yeah. just take the parts we like or whatever. You really feel his admiration for uh, the entire saga, um, mm-hmm. which uh something that can't be said about Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> I am <out. laughs> No. <laughs> and this will be, I feel, I'm starting to see the writing on the wall, a consistent theme <laughs> of good old Igniting the Spark Season 2 oh, is, is that, just- with rare exception, we're going to throw shade at like, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker in every episode. Um, yeah. Because, boy, talk about a piece of Star Wars media that aged like milk. Uh <laughs> It's rough. Within um, a couple of weeks, it was already just like, yeah, no more of this. Oh, Let's hold just on. throw it all no, out. Let's yeah. just throw it out. <laughs> Let's just forget this happened. Um, I and many people just truly don't even treat that movie like it's canonical. I just really Tr- don't. Truly, if if you take the Star Wars like film saga as just like an eight part epic that ends on the sort of ambiguous note of like hope, Broom boy. Uh, where Luke Skywalker like. <laughs> what he did when he sacrificed his life and died um, <laughs> sparked hope in like the, the next generation to like continue the fight. And, you know, the, the resistance is, is beaten down and they're, they're beaten up, but they're not given up. There, yeah. There's a spark of hope. If yeah. you just end on that ambiguous note, that's fine. I don't need episode yeah. nine. <laughs> <laughs> even the ambiguous note with good old good old kylo who's very much like you know <laughs> a mess you know oh. in charge but doesn't know what the hell he's doing you know oh, love that and boy. i mean by like showing bad guys as as like not knowing what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. you, can, you can be like oh yeah 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 like yeah there is this is in bad shape but so is the first order we're good yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> and I have literally thought to myself, I, I, I swear we'll stop bragging on Rise of Skywalker <laughs> and wrap up in a second. But I have literally thought to myself about, boy, one day whenever I have a family, it is so tempting to just not show my kids episode <laughs> <laughs> to just be like, nope, nope, it ends there. Just don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> have you seen the uh, the Toy Story two meme that's going around of uh, the prospector showing Woody Woody's roundup and saying like, and Woody's like, put on the next episode. And he says, nope, it was canceled after that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is no yeah. more. There it's is gonna be no all of more. Us. Uh, yeah, it's truly that's the mood. Um, Whenever the Marvel movies eventually get bad, we'll just pretend that those don't exist too. <laughs> yeah, because good so, things. Uh, mm. You you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I guess is my yeah. <laughs> stance with uh, yeah. media. Yeah. yeah, and I really hope that you know Star Wars continues to be great. I feel like the thing mm-hmm. is Mandalorian revitalized Star Wars in a lot of ways. Totally. I mean, I remember when. Episode 9 came out. It was like in between two episodes of The Mandalorian, the mm-hmm. uh, penultimate episode Seven and the, and the season one finale. One. And mm-hmm. if it hadn't have been for that season finale, I think I would have just lost hope in Star Wars for a while. <laughs> yeah. But like The Mandalorian um, is, uh, is my beaten and battered um, resistance team at the end of episode 8. Just... <laughs> continuing on the fight even though we just took a a brutal hit it's yeah it's really rough and you know i really hope that we mentioned i think either before we recorded or in our failed recording that no one will hear uh the ryan johnson trilogy being a thing that hopefully will happen one day i hope so and that's something i can see really like even more revitalizing my love of star wars and everything especially getting a saga where he gets to end it on his own terms rather than somebody else and that wouldn't set us up for any kind of divisiveness or controversy in the star wars fan base at all if he got his trilogy nah ryan johnson a historically non-controversial figure in star wars just uh, an agreeable dude that everyone likes everybody loves him I mean, the funny thing is, his next movie, like, is pretty much universally loved, so everybody should <laughs> maybe calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's getting so many people for the Knives Out sequel. It's like every day I'm seeing yes. a new actor is, like, uh I'm so jazzed. Cast. I just want, more than anything, I desperately want my boy, Adam Driver, to be in one of those Knives Out movies. Get back with Ryan Johnson and with Daniel Craig. I want them to do silly accents together again. That's all I want. Yeah, because they were both in that uh, Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky. Yeah, that's a good movie. Both doing the silliest possible southern accent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, get Adam Driver to be goofy again, please. (laughs) Truly, yeah. All of his movies are... uh, Every single movie he's going to be in this year, dead serious. (laughs) Like, (laughs) great. Um, But anyway. All right. Before I get sidetracked and talk about Adam Driver, which I could for literally, I could just start my own Adam Driver podcast at this point. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up. What do you have to plug besides all of the lovely podcasts we mentioned? Sure. Well, I mean, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can listen to my shows. Um, my newest one is the Lord of the Rings sentence. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to make. Um I'm going to keep doing it for a very, very long time. Um, <laughs> and you can uh, find me online at Chad A. Oliver on Twitter and Instagram. Um, 
And on TikTok, I'm at Chad Austin Oliver. I, I do make some TikTok content. So um, you can oh, check yeah. me out there. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I have the same old plugs as always. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, you know, wherever at uh, Callie Smith 92. And I don't know. I post pictures on Instagram and Twitter of my cosplay stuff. So if you want to see pictures of cool Star Wars things, that's where it's at. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on the pod and talking Mando. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always love talking Star Wars. So anytime. Yes. I'll come back for the next season. Especially great Star Wars like Mandalorian. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, all right. And for everybody at home, may the force be with you.